Welcome to the Software Lifecycle Stories podcast. We bring you stories of what worked and sometimes what did not in the course of discovering, designing, developing, delivering and using software-based solutions as shared by practitioners who went through these situations. Divakar Menon, known as Divakar, has over 30 years of work experience ranging from test consulting to delivery to pre-sales. He has headed service delivery for key customer contracts that encompass a variety of services from software, quality assurance, testing, application development, application management, infrastructure management, and business support services across multiple pillars of telecom, banking, and financial services, government, as well as health. He is also the co-founder of Last Mile Consultants, a boutique test consulting organization that works with IT service providers, product organizations, captives, and startups, and helps set up or improve the software testing functions. Divakar, in his career, has worked with uh, CMC, which is now TCS, Tata Unisys, which is also now TCS, Deutsch Software, which is now HCL Technologies, Pero Systems, which is now Dell, and Tech Mahindra, which is still Tech Mahindra. Hi, Divakar. Welcome to the show. Been uh, a long time since we have connected, but I thought this is a good opportunity for us to catch up and also you know, share your experiences in working with software over the last so many years. So for the benefit of our uh, audience, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, Shiv. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, to be very frank, it's my first podcast. And, uh, you know, it's always a new learning. It's a new medium. Uh, I have been listening to podcasts and, uh, uh, you know, following some of uh, a few of them around. But uh, being invited to speak for one, well, that's a first for me. So thanks. Uh, a little bit of a background. I, I started working in... 88 uh, in Bombay, uh, I still call it Bombay, uh, and uh, uh, my first job was with CMC with the railway reservation uh, project. I was thrown into a support role there, and from there I moved on to, uh, you know, uh, I worked on, on, and that was an online transaction processing system, so at that time I said, okay, that's great, now let's work on something which is real time, and I worked on a power plant control system uh, and then for about uh, you know uh, and then I think Bangalore was then the upcoming place moved to Bangalore and uh, joined Tata Unisys and that's when uh, we met if uh, if I remember right that was way back in right and uh, from then on it's been a journey that was in the quality management uh, field uh, and uh, from there, it's been heading quality functions. Uh, from a quality management, I moved into what I thought was then quality control, which was uh, testing. And uh, that was somewhere around 98. And testing wasn't uh, known or wasn't sexy at that point in time. And uh, I have been in testing and then grown from there into application support, uh, came back to testing. 
uh, went back into account management, came back to testing. And then I think that's where I stayed. And uh, over the last six years, uh, uh, you know, I, I stepped out from corporate uh, life and, and uh, started our own firm, which is uh, largely focused around testing and test consulting. Uh, and uh, we've had a variety of clients as a part of that, uh, both large organizations, IT services organizations, product organizations, startups. And uh, very honestly, it's been a learning in every one of those engagements because you don't have the, you know, the ego of, uh, of uh, how would you say that I am the boss and I will tell you what to do as opposed to trying to understand a person's problem and figuring out what is the best solution there. And that I think has an approach that changed me over the last uh, seven years now that we started last night. So yeah, so that's the journey that uh, uh, a little bit of me uh, show. Wonderful. Actually, you are also the first guest on my show now who uh, is seeing the ultimate output from software development when you said testing. And interestingly, everywhere else in all other industries, the testing function, like you mentioned, is called the quality control function. Whereas uh, in software, most of the time we call it as QA, the quality assurance part. Now, over the years, when you've been looking at software, once it is created, by the time it's probably, you know, most of the decisions have been taken, a lot of implementations have been done. What has been your experience in terms of the quality going into what is being developed? Uh that, that has uh, evolved over the years, right? I mean, there was always this misnomer or, or at least there was this classical definition of what one called quality assurance, which is uh, putting the right processes in to build products versus quality control to validate the outputs of those processes, right? Uh, and, and testing was uh, considered QC because you're testing an output of a developer's uh, job, so to speak, right? Uh, and... Uh, it, it 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 kind of uh, testers were never involved in the early stages you were given a set of requirements you were told to create tests or test plans at that point in time and uh, you you know you had no say in whether those requirements were good bad ugly you just tested it raised defects and and logged them uh, and invariably you would uh, find that there's a huge level of mismatch between what was stated as a part of the requirements and and what uh, was delivered as a part of the developer's outcome, right? Uh, so, so that was that was a kind of initial view that a lot of people had, and I think over a period of time, I have seen that whole function evolve, and and I think Agile has contributed to that, DevOps has contributed to that in a long way, where uh, people are more uh, interested in getting, uh, uh, you know, a view of whether the requirement itself is right or not. Uh, and, and that, I think, has been a, a good set of inputs that testers are actually contributing into the, into the, uh, into the life cycle or, or having a say in what the requirements are. Uh, it's, so that, that's one portion of it. So having a say in, in that is the, what I would call the, uh, you know, driving the requirements in the right way. 
the second aspect that I think has evolved uh, in my mind is the fact that uh, you know in 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 recent years it's it's about going to market faster right i need the product out i don't uh, i need to gain market share uh, otherwise i'll get eaten up by my competitors etc cetera, etc cetera. So now that has prompted uh, the whole uh, the whole fact of you know let's let's get the product out faster if so what is the minimum that we need to develop and what is the minimum that we need to test so that things don't break right and so now you're not talking about quality control you're talking more of risk and saying hey what would happen should my product break and what is should i do to, to you know to mitigate that risk and i think i'm seeing the function evolve to to more of a risk management function and uh, and and there are different stakeholders in all this so testers now need to talk about risk not only from whether it's meeting the requirements but whether it is um, mitigating the risk of some stakeholder who is possibly a user or even an operational staff and and validating whether those risks still exist or don't exist so i think that's that's the shift uh, which is a good shift in my mind because uh, uh, because now i mean let's face it the reality of, of shipping products out faster is not going to change so it's a it's a good shift that people are now thinking about how to mitigate risk get the product out great not a problem and you then become a partner in development as opposed to somebody who's you know who's been given a product thrown over the wall so to speak and told test it and tell me if there are any problems or not and yeah i'll decide whether you know what you're telling me is worth taking into account or not so so that's the evolution which is uh, which is good that one is seeing in the marketplace now Mm, that's interesting. Um, so that triggered one question. See, in the manufacturing industry, when uh, some of these processes evolved, there is also this concept of uh, what they call pokayoke or mistake proofing, where while you have a process, uh, the thought is that uh, enforcement of the process is essentially an overhead. But if you can prevent mistakes from happening. Now, coming from the testing and acting on behalf of let's say the users or the architects or the you know the product uh, owners what do you think is uh, a way by which the testers can develop greater empathy in terms of the production environment of course in devops some of them may be coming up but as a tester if i were to become a great tester what quality should i be developing uh, it, it, it's interesting uh, it's a, it's a it's a very interesting field and there is a whole lot of thought you know if you if you look at it there are different schools of thought on testing uh, one which is uh, the traditional process oriented thought the other which is uh, what I, what one would call the context driven school of testing thought which is oriented towards understanding the context of product or its usage so how do you approach the problem as such right and i think testers if you want to be a good tester you should be able to figure out what is it that you're testing in the first place right i mean it could be different things that you want to test at different points in time you could be testing as a user that means uh, so as a user when i use the product uh, 
what is the experience that I have, right? It's, so it's a lot about usability aspects. Uh, if I was uh, uh, a user who had disabilities, then, uh, and I put myself in those shoes, then what should or how should the software behave? So you're talking a little bit about accessibility. So your focus now is accessibility. Uh, if I was a user who's extremely impatient and I want a fast response time, uh, then I'm talking about how does the application respond from a performance perspective. Uh, if, if uh, uh, you know, if I was an operations user, I was somebody who's supposed to maintain the system, then does the application throw out the right error messages uh, so that I can, you know, very quickly understand what the issue is and then be able to test. So now you're, you're talking about testers having to wear different hats, uh, take on personas that they may be comfortable or may not be comfortable with, but you're talking about that kind of skill that testers need to acquire given the context of how the application is being used. And then very quickly understand that if, you know, which one is most important. So, so it's, it, I could test a whole lot of scenarios, but I have, you know, I know that within two weeks, the product is getting out, right? It's, it's, it's a two week cycle and the product is going out. So which one, what is my first test case, right? So it's a question that I always ask testers. Yes, I've got hundred things that you need to test, which is the first test that you will execute? Which is the next test, which is the third, which are the ones if I compress that three days into two, will you discard because you don't have the time? I mean, let's be uh, practical about that. So, so it all comes down to how testers can also then very quickly evaluate uh, you know, which is the one that is most important given a certain persona that they have, uh, given the objective of that application and who are the stakeholders and what is the maximum damage that it can cause which stakeholder. And being able to understand that, I think, is a skill that uh, that that is most important. Uh, so 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 if if you if you want to be a good tester, I think you should learn to put yourself into different shoes, uh, different, uh, you know, personas, and you should be able to very quickly narrow down which are the aspects of tests that you can very quickly uh, understand. Then if you have programming skills, you know that these tests will get repeated. Uh, you have the ability to automate. So automation is in my terms, more a byproduct and should be a byproduct of your testing so that more like an insurance coverage it's not uh, it's not it's not something that you would focus on first in my in my mind people always think about automation saving lots of time it does save time but it's more like an insurance coverage in my mind so automation skills will also possibly help out yeah what about uh, some of the soft skills because invariably uh, there is a stereotypical thing that uh, the devs and the QA are always at loggerheads. Or if you find something, you need to be able to convey that so that you know, the devs can either reproduce or uh, actually fix it. And one thing which I have noticed among many testers is that uh, they actually have a very high sense of ownership. Uh, they test and then they say they are so upset when something is not working or uh, possibly also because some of them have to finally certify that the code is ready to be moved to the next stage. Uh, so, so yes, you're, you're right. Uh, 
testers who are really passionate about their job are the ones who will say that you know who who the people who will put their foot down and say this product is not fit to go out right into production just not worth it now uh, the the aspect the softer aspects come into play and i think it's true with uh, with a lot of jobs but uh, uh, for testers to be very clear about you know what the problems really are uh, a good tester will know how to articulate uh, what is wrong with the product and what might be the risks that the product will face when used by whichever different types of users right uh, once it's out in production so if if a good tester can articulate that well uh, i don't think there is any stakeholder or any developer who is in a position to ignore that now you can you can make a business decision as to whether you want to release it or not that is definitely a stakeholder's prerogative but uh, the the fact remains that a tester if he articulates that well is listened to and heard and good testers are always respected in any product team so people who don't treat developers as enemies in fact uh, in fact good testers uh, use developers uh, in the in the way the olden time uh, cias used to use agents across you know in in, in foreign countries uh, they would glean information from them and find out what are the ways that developers are are trying to take shortcuts or 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 you know uh, uh, and whether those shortcuts are worth it etc so so a good tester can possibly sometimes devise stress strategies depending upon how developers have developed and uh, those are things that uh, you know that so so being a friend with a developer always helps being uh, you know being being told by a developer what to test is possibly not the right thing to do uh, so you need to be clear about what you want to test and sometimes testers do fall into traps which the developer says you know i've only changed this portion so test here only uh, and forget the fact that you know their their job is really to 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 come to an independent decision about uh, what may have possibly been regressed etc so i think uh, maintaining that uh, that good communication about uh, in if it's in defects how to write a good you know articulate a defect correctly how to uh, you know articulate the risk of that defect correctly uh, how to articulate the result of one's testing how to glean information from different stakeholders so that questioning and probing attitude that testers should typically have when they look at a requirement and say yeah what you've written is good but you know here are the gaps can you tell me what would happen if this kind of a user used it and somebody would say yeah but that's a default user uh, you know i mean and people then tend to tend to uh, unfortunately un unlike manufacturing the specifications in software is still is still very vague and uh, the clearer it is and the more questions that can be asked of it and thus improve the clarity the better it can be developed the better it can be tested so obviously your passion comes through now what was the bug that turned you an entrepreneur <laughs> i think uh, what was the bug that made me an entrepreneur that's a i think uh, you know it's uh, well the uh, pun was kind of intended <laughs> correct it's it's uh, i think uh, for a long time i i i always wondered uh, what it would be like to to you know to run a business and whether i had it in me uh, i had seen a delivery side of things 
I had seen the uh, the pre-sales side of things where I where I where one worked very closely with uh, the salespeople in terms of trying to close a deal. Uh, so so it was always very exciting. Uh, you know, it was a good thought that oh, I should try and do some things on my own. Now the question uh, was what, and and I did try this about uh, back in two thousand five. Uh, I set out to be a consultant and started, you know, uh, trying to see whether I could create a consulting offering. But then I think I failed there. I, I did that for about six, eight months. And and I think I failed there because uh, I didn't have the right view of what a consulting organization should look like or be like. Uh, and and at, you know, back then in 2005, I always thought that to a lot of people, consulting was about, okay, so can you come in and what's the rate at which you will come in, right? And, and it always became a very rate-oriented uh, deal. Secondly, I also discovered that you needed to have selling yourself or selling services that you might have is, was always a difficult proposition. I don't think I had it in me to be a salesman then. Uh, and that I discovered is the biggest gap that you have. So, so I went back into a job. Uh, uh, works for some more time and then I think the bug uh, as you say bit again and I said let me give it a whirl and uh, this time we were uh, you know we were very clear there were two other people uh, who, who co-founded this with uh, with me and uh, we worked well as a team we had uh, uh, you know a good uh, expo we had a good thought process in terms of what we wanted to do and we were very clear that it would be testing and uh, it would be around test consulting uh, and we did a lot and we, we we defined the services that we would offer so i think that way it turned out to be a little more uh, you know the 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 start was a was much more better and much little more clear about what it was back before in 2005 so i think the somewhere there uh, you know uh, uh, it was always there and uh, you know if if it uh, you know, if it itches, scratch it. I think that happened at uh, at the right possible time. Yeah, it's always very interesting to talk to you know, entrepreneurs and people who made the shift. But in the line that you have chosen, that is testing, and you also referred to being friendly with the developers and the need for you know, a lot of close interactions. Now, coming in as an outsider, you know, what are the typical challenges or uh, how do you overcome you know, some of these barriers that uh, probably hold a tester back? So uh, I think a lot of what we did uh, was, you know, helping transform test teams, right? So it was looking at how test teams worked uh, and uh, whether they were whether they were optimally engaged, if you will, right? So... So as a service, we went in, uh, we would assess uh, how mature was their testing, what they needed to do, how it fit in within the overall development lifecycle, etc. And uh, we, when we did that, we, we worked not only with the test team, we worked with the development team, or we understood the development challenges, we understood the, the stakeholder, the product owner challenges, we understood operational challenges if there were operations involved. And... Uh, we brought that table. Unfortunately, what happens in a lot of organizations is they tend to get very siloed in their thoughts. Uh, and, and sometimes organizational uh, dynamics, uh, you know, 
tend to create a, a, a kind of uh, uh, inertia, if you will, right? That that people are not able to to move forward. And it always makes sense when somebody coming in from the outside uh, helps them and helps draw that roadmap and improves the interaction and works with the team in terms of saying, okay, now this is how, uh, you know, let's get involved in, in your scrum meetings, for example. Uh, let's see, you know, what the what the dynamics there are. And then, and then be able to suggest what might or might not happen. And I think the moment people decide to bring us in, uh, there is that uh, acceptability of change, at least that comes in. And I think that is important. If you're not, if you know, if you're just thrown into a situation where people don't want you uh, and are not ready to listen to you, then it doesn't matter, you know, how good your advice is. It, it just won't work. But when people are hiring you and they say that, yes, we know something is broken. Uh, we really are struggling to fix it ourselves. Can you help us out there? I think that makes a bigger difference. And some of our successes have come from people who have better been able to understand that and then, you know, better been able to take on the, the, the uh, uh, advice or methodologies that we have suggested. The outside in perspective is actually very interesting. I think that is a great value that uh, any you know, testing team or a tester can add. Do you have any stories where uh, you found things that probably were obvious to you or you know, something that kind of surprised the the dev team saying, oh, why didn't we think of that? Uh, interestingly, uh, in, a, uh, in a lot of cases, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a good example is a is a startup that we're working with, right? And uh, the people who are constantly in this uh, uh, in this uh, state of let's get the next version of the product out, and uh, whilst uh, they think that they are going fast, and and uh, you know because they're solving challenges every time, etc. I think the first meeting that I attended when they did a retrospective. Uh, yeah, Okay, well, let me take a step back. Before that, uh, we were talking to the product owners, we were talking to the developers, and everybody painted a nice rosy picture of how uh, you know things were going. Product owners said, yeah, I'm able to articulate requirements, uh, uh, I'm able to state things. They stated the obvious minimal challenges that they face. Uh, the developers said, yeah, we work, we, uh, you know, we have daily scrum calls, we discuss issues, everything's fine. Uh, the tester said, yeah, when the developer, when the product owner gives us the requirement, we create test cases, everything sounded fine. Uh, then we attended the retrospective. And the first thing that uh, stood out to us was, you know, they had taken on, let's say, 20 stories and they had completed only 11. And, uh, and you know, I paused the meeting there and I said, uh, can you tell me why only 11? And then they started we heard things that were very, very different from what they had stated in these one-on-one -on -one meetings, right? Uh, all their uh, internal challenges about uh, how the story is not properly articulated, how I did develop it, but uh, how it was not adequately tested, how the testers did not uh, figure out that, uh, you know, they had to test for persona X and persona Y started tumbling out of that cupboard. I think in that two hours uh, after that, we took a step back and, uh, you know, just summarized everything and people looked at it and said, oh, you know, 
this is interesting <laughs> and i think that was a good aha moment for everybody concerned not just for us but i think that was good for everybody concerned because it it gave people such a very different perspective about the way they were doing things or uh, you know not accepting some of the issues that actually bubbled up so 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 that uh, you know uh, all you needed to do was uh, pause the conversation at times and and ask people to take a step back and and it's good uh, one one of the things that we uh, possibly my auditing background which i learned under uh, my my mentor jv was that you know uh, zoom in on issues right and uh, uh, when when you're trying to audit an engagement you're trying to very quickly figure out on a sample which might be the right sample to to pick and i think that kind of also helped so so there was uh, there were there were lots of these aha moments that came in different uh, phases this was one uh, i think uh, people realized uh, we we were doing another engagement for a large client where were they were doing a capability assessment i mean they thought they were all equipped and we did a uh, they had the right people people were uh, i mean in india and in the it services companies as you are aware a lot of uh, uh, people uh, the the they their assessment is more by the people who do their assessment rather than by the base skills that get really evaluated unfortunately uh, so when you baseline somebody's skills at some point in time you get a true picture of uh, of what the capabilities are and in one of the instances we we realized that there were people who were much more experienced uh, higher cost to the company whose capabilities did not extend to what they needed for that uh, level or for that role right and i think that was also another aha moment for for the organization so so i think uh, you know the the uh, trying to figure out what the true problem is i think uh, uh, sometimes we have failed in that uh, i'll be very honest because uh, sometimes it's it's you know the organization dynamics are 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 cloud you know the ability to 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 figure out what might be the real problem but sometimes when and most times hopefully when we get it uh, it 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 works wonders so so those aha moments are worth uh, every bit of the time that you spend as an entrepreneur let's say well that's uh, that gives a, a different perspective in terms of uh, let's say the productivity of a tester when you talked about na senior or more expensive Uh, people versus probably you know what the task requires now for somebody who has been in testing for a while what are some ways in which the value contribution of the individual can increase obviously the costs will be going up year on year uh, and with automation and other tools new technologies coming in is there a decrease in the need for independent testing and what is the value that an individual with a lot of experience can bring more than say somebody who's just starting out so so i think two things right uh, one of the things that i have always uh, discovered is this that uh, at the end of the day if you're trying to functionally test something and a lot of us a uh, lot of the testers i see are functional testers right that knowledge of that domain is important and and if you don't invest sufficiently in yourself as you progress to understand that domain uh, 
down the line, uh, the value that you might be able to contribute to will keep diminishing. Uh, so, so the good testers and the good managers or test managers or leads or what I would call test architects, I think the test manager breed is kind of, uh, of uh, possibly in my mind dying, but test leads or test architects are, are people uh, who are able to, to, to bring more value to the do, you know, with their right levels of domain skills. So that's one aspect I think uh, people tend to forget quite a bit. Uh, and and I don't mean just knowing your product, but knowing how competitor products work, uh, how uh, other organizations in that domain also function, uh, what do they do? So that knowledge is always important there. Uh, the second aspect of of testing is always yes, uh, you know the the ability to use tools to do repetitive tasks and the understanding that these tasks can get repetitive very quickly. How do I figure out how to automate that, right? And and it I and by automation, I don't mean that you need to know Selenium. You need to know a programming language. You could automate some things using simple batch uh, programs. You could use automate things using Excel, for example, comparison of data and things like that, right? Uh, but automate reasonably repetitive tasks so that you don't bring your, you know, do the same things over and over again. Uh, third, I think uh, I think there's a lot of interesting things happening in the world nowadays in terms of either technology, because technology lends its own challenges, right? The move to cloud, uh, and most companies are talking about that. So when you move to cloud, your testing focus is a little more different now as opposed to a standalone uh, application. Uh, when you're, uh, you know, so, so think about uh, what you might be able to do out there. You could even... Uh, move across in testing. And that's one thing that I like about testing is that uh, you can specialize in so many different aspects. You can specialize as a domain tester, as a functional tester. You could specialize in terms of skills with tools. You could specialize in terms of specific types of testing like security uh, or performance uh, or even accessibility or usability. Those are all very nice niche specialized fields. And once you dive into them, it's a it's a whole realm of, uh, you know, of knowledge that you can gain or uh, a different understanding. So you could go horizontal. You could look at tools that are coming up. You could look at things like AI. And now AI is a lot talked about, is being talked about a lot, how it can be leveraged uh, in testing. You don't need complicated algorithms. You don't need to know complicated tools. You can use, uh, you know, tools like NIME, for example, uh, which, which I'm experimenting with, uh, you know, where you can drag and drop uh, different actions. And and these are things that you can, you know, look at the data that is available, whether that data is sufficient, whether that's throwing out different insights. So so you can evolve yourself as you uh, go further. And it, it need not necessarily be that you stay with the same, you know, old mindset. Uh, you could specialize in risk management. You could, you know, uh, go there and be a new risk assessor, so to speak, of uh, of releases and products. I mean, there is a whole lot of dimensions that are there that within the testing field you could, uh, you know, specialize in. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, the, the traditional services mindset of span of control, you probably may have to ditch that uh, if you really want to be, if you're passionate about testing. So I see two different... Uh kind of streams or cross currents or you know, lines of thought 
now one that says um, you, know, you wrote it you fix it we don't need a separate you know, tester the concept like the sdet and stuff like that and the other would be the independent verification and validation teams now how do you see these trends kind of converging or diverging or kind of ultimately finding a balance uh it's an it's an interesting field okay and it's an interesting thought and i have seen some experiments uh, on this uh, you know one team does all uh, with no clear distinction of test teams etc right uh, and to be very honest that's work but they were a very high functioning development organization i we went in there we heard what they were doing we looked at what they were doing and there was a team of four or five developers and they they took a a user story they developed it they made sure it was it wasn't breaking anything they launched it out uh, into the real world if it failed they were there at 3 o'clock in the morning to fix it right and uh, uh, that team was so well contained so to speak and a high functioning development organization that they just didn't need a test team i saw that in another product uh, that we evaluated for uh, in in another process area and this was a product which had three uh, or this was an organization that had three products and in one of the products they had this high functioning team in the other two they had independent test teams and the 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 concept of uh, you know if independent test teams if it, if you take the throw it over the wall and expect them to come back uh, that is the worst kind of uh, organization that you can have uh if you value inputs and value uh the kind of insights that you think a third individual uh, you know an independent individual can bring you then you are integrating that individual as a part of your team it could be uh you know from a from a particular aspect of the product it could be from uh, like i said it could be around usability or accessibility or even certain domain functions and testing that or it could be about improving the speed at which they could possibly test it uh, if you if you respect that then i think the teams could be well integrated in my mind uh, you know it's given the vagueness with which requirements are defined uh, given the uh, and, and all said and done people call it uh, uh, you know uh, they call it engineering but very honestly uh, engineering is a more precise science uh whereas we're still evolving we're still in an art form so to speak so you need people who can give you independent opinions who can give you uh, who can think differently from what your developers are used to so while developers think that they are engineering it uh, there needs to be somebody to validate whether the art that they have engineered so to speak still works uh, in different aspects i think it's it's a there will be smaller very fixed teams i'm okay with that and i think it's good uh, but i i don't think uh, uh, you know development or the whole uh, uh, process is now reached a proportion where it can be well engineered i think we are still a fair way away from that and uh, everything that i'm seeing in new trends about uh, uh you know artificial intelligence and uh, usage of uh, of of uh, you know the new technologies they all tend to be things that people are going to be plugging and uh, plugging in with little 
or no understanding of what that impact might be. And somebody looking at it independently can always provide that. Term. So I still see testing as an independent function. And I think it should be looked at from that way. It gives you a good perspective of risk. It gives you a good perspective from, uh, you know, before you make a release. And that, that I think is important. Wow. I think almost every sentence you said uh, is triggering multiple questions in my mind. Um, but we'll probably do that in a separate session. But for today's session, for closing, I have one question which is related to outcomes. Now, whatever we spoke about so far is about testing the output that is being created. But increasingly, I find that um, none of the businesses or whoever is investing in developing software wants outcomes. Is there a role that the testing team or the quality team can play in ensuring or at least helping right from the problem identification specification to the actual implementation of code uh, to increase the chances or reduce the risk, as you were saying in the beginning of this conversation, of achieving the intended outcomes? Uh, so, so there are, uh, there is, okay, uh, in, in my mind, Shiv, you know, let's look at the testing function as such, right? And I, and I, and I will keep that as a function. Now you can evolve that function to being a partner to the business, et cetera. But, but if I look at the testing function, there is somebody who is what I would call the business owner who articulates where the business should be headed. And, and like any other function, the testing function should absorb that, should be able to understand that. Now, I, I'll give you an example of, uh, of you know, of uh, an engagement that uh, we had created a team for, which was, let's say, the team want, you know, the, the, the articulation there was that we want to be uh, in the top five from a customer experience perspective. Now, that was it, right? That was, uh, we are at number X, which was far beyond the five. And we want to make sure that uh, uh, from a customer's perception perspective, we are at number five. Now, anything that the, any requirement that the organization picked uh, had to be looked at from a point of view of saying, how does that fit in within the top five, right? Uh, does it make any meaningful step towards that point, top five? Uh, does it, uh, uh, you know, can it be validated saying, if I do this, it is going to lead to some level of uh, of improvement. Can that improvement be measured, et cetera, right? So, so there, there was this need within the testing team also to figure out, okay, now what does that mean from a customer experience perspective? And then look at every single touch point that the customer had and then try and figure out, okay, if this touch point fails, what does it mean? in terms of you know the top five and and every single requirement or touch point was looked at it from that perspective and i think that was an important insight that that the that the teams could give by saying if this fails and this is a possibility why it might fail right up front right so so you were trying to rope decide the customer journey you were trying to articulate the touch points you were trying to validate those touch points so while the journey was being written itself right and that is where the testing team contributed a lot towards towards validating that i think it would be uh, in my mind a more evolved test team can tell you whether top five 
as is a testable feature at all or not right i mean that's something but i don't think i want to look at the testing function from that perspective i think the partnership really starts once a direction is given and uh, they can tell you whether that direction can be maintained is achievable in one place and as and when you are taking on different product requirements are you still on that path to to the direction that you have evolved i think that is a very feasible option and i have seen good test teams do that very effectively so given an organizational roadmap how well are requirements aligned to that roadmap and i think that's where in my belief the testing team will add a lot of value yeah oh, very nicely articulated so thanks a lot divakar for taking the time and as i said there are more questions we'll probably have a follow up conversation also i'm sure that our listeners also might have questions when we get some questions we'll pass them on to you sure chef sure. thanks a lot really appreciate uh, you having me on this uh, podcast If you like the show and would like to share your experiences with the community or know someone else who might want to do that please get in touch with us at podcast at pm-powerconsulting.com there is podcast at pm-powerconsulting.com